still toast still Trying to see five mil off the single For real, you ain't phasing uh, the amazing uh-huh. While your gun's raising, mine is blazing <laughs> See you on, see me on, talking sweetness Take it for weakness, leave quick Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Scott Reynolds is here with me from PewterReport.com, and so is Matt Matera, whose Bucks battle plan for the 2022 offseason we will ridicule shortly. But first, gentlemen, this is going to be a very fun podcast. Maybe fun is the wrong word, but we're going to talk about Carlton Davis and what in the heck happened. For yeah. him to go from being a player that was a cornerstone of the Bucks defense to a player who could legitimately walk to another team in free agency next week. It is startling. We've got to dive into it. Scott's got stuff y'all need to know about that, about Chris Godwin and his agents and the conversations and talks with the Bucks. It's uh, We're going to load up this show. It's going to be a lot of intel and a lot of stuff of what we're hearing going into the free agency uh, weeks before we ridicule Matt's uh, Bucks battle plan. So, uh, Scott... Uh, I know you've got some things you'd obviously like to share with us for this show and share with the fans for this show. Should we do that before we lay into Matt or what do you want to do? How do you want to play this? <laughs> um, well, I tell you what, let's start with Carlton Davis, right? We'll start okay. there. Cause that's, that's the, the banner. And, um, and then we'll kind of get into Chris Godwin too and kind of how, okay. how all of this stuff, you know, mixes in. So sometimes the team tells the truth. And mm-hmm. when you guys were in Indy, Right. Uh, you heard both Bruce Arians and Jason Light talk about Carlton Davis's uh, injuries yeah. in, in the manner of which we, we like Carlton when he's healthy. Right. And and that was a big clue. Right. We, we, it kind of it kind of startled us for a second. But boy, we're seeing it now because. From what from what I've learned, what we've learned at Peter Report, the plan was not to tag Carlton Davis. So if if indeed. Mm-hmm. The franchise tag was available if they reached the deal with Chris Godwin, which wasn't going to happen, by the way. They were they right. were definitely going to franchise him because we'll get into that in a minute. But a deal was not going to happen. They were the agent for Chris Godwin was going to force the Bucks to use the franchise tag on. And so that that happened. But with Carlton Davis, that was not the plan. And the reason is very simple. Reading between the lines, this team does not see him as a $17 million cornerback because mm-hmm. that's the number seven, I think it's 17.287 million. And so it's kind of crazy because he's the best corner in Tampa Bay, but how the team right or wrong looks at players and you kind of have to do this. You have to look at it in, in a vacuum. You can't look at the other cornerbacks on the team. You have to look at Carlton Davis and what is he worth first? And I think Carlton Davis is going to get 16, 17, 18 million dollars in free agency because JC Jackson is probably the number one corner. You make a case for Carlton or Stefan Gilmore being the number two corner. And cornerbacks are in high demand. I don't know that Carlton is a great scheme fit for every team, but I do know he's the best cornerback in the Buccaneers. But the problem is, again, right or wrong, I'm just trying to give you the Buccaneer mindset here. When you start to say, ooh, but he's our best corner, and we have question marks at the other positions, right? Jamel Dean, can he stay healthy? Sean Murphy Bunting, is is he any good? Mm -hmm. Then you get into the overpay scenario, and that's where if you organizationally get into the habit or 
the, the, the bad practice of overpaying players because you need them. It should be we want Carlton Davis back. If it's a need yeah. thing, we need Carlton Davis back. That's when you're going to overpay. And you overpay this guy $2 million here. You overpay that guy $2 million there. All of a sudden, you lose a player like Will Golston. You know, right. You, but, you lose like yeah. a comparable um, player that, you know, $4 million would buy. Right. Well, Matt, what I mean, this is still bad, right? Like this team can't really replace somebody like Carlton Davis. There's not a lot of options in free agency to to do so without paying the same amount of money. So what are your thoughts on this, Matt, as you, we approach this week where it looks like there's a legitimate chance Carlton Davis is going to be on another team next week? Right. That's, that's what I was thinking, too, is sure, you really want Carlton back, but you really can't go into the season with – and obviously they would probably sign someone else to replace Carlton, but you can't go into the season with Jamel Dean as your number one and Sean Murphy bunting as your number two. So I understand. Oh, like, you, you can, can. you can, <laughs> but you well, can. sure. But I mean, this, this, not. On. this team is going into the season with, with Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask at quarterbacks. It, right, can, but it, it can't happen, but not ideal. Yeah, sure. Sure. A- anything is possible. And obviously the Godwin thing, you had a whole year to get it done, and, and you yeah, absolutely right. did. Yeah. It almost felt That's like tough, when, yeah. when Arians and, and Light were talking at the at the combine that we were at, it's almost like mm-hmm. you see the movies and stuff when they people in the in the stock exchange when they when they start to drive down the price of a stock and then they'll illegally buy it at a low price and then it'll shoot back up. That's what it almost felt like, where they kind of want to put that out there that maybe we don't like Carlton as, as as much as you all think. So then other teams might not be on them because you think about the, the whole injury bug thing. But, yeah, I look at it, too, in terms of – and J.C. Jackson's going to be too expensive. But if it comes down to, all right, we need a top corner, and you have Gilmore and you have Carlton, and Gilmore's – he's in his 30s already. Like, yeah. why would you overpay – maybe not even overpay, but why would you pay for a guy that, sure, you can – maybe get that first yeah, season really good. Right. But I'm more concerned about, and this goes with Ryan Jensen and stuff later on in my, in my battle plan, but I'm more concerned about when you sign a guy at that age, maybe not the first year, but it's years two, three, and four, and you would imagine he's looking for a four-year contract. The breakdown of that or that player is what concerns me the most, where Carlton, again, it kind of goes to Chris Godwin when Jason I was saying, sometimes you just got to bet on the guy. I know yeah, Carlton mm-hmm. has been injured, but I feel like it's been more ticky tack injuries a lot more than like a long sustaining one. I know he had the thigh injury against New England. Yeah. So well, sometimes man. you just have to bet on him. And I think the Bucks have options, but there's no better option than Carlton. No, there's there's yeah. no better option. And it's a it's gonna be a massive loss if Ian does it does indeed leave. There will be a huge market for him. He and JC Jackson are pretty clearly the top corners on the market. He is a guy that represents what a lot of teams really like at the position and obviously has kind of made himself one of the better corners in the league, I believe. And they know the assignments are there too because they've watched him guard, uh, cover you know, number one wide receivers in the field and have success too in one of those situations. So there's no question to me this is a massive mistake. And I actually realized as I was mapping out kind of my thoughts on this and writing about it this week and that I don't think – I've said that about anything the Bucks front office has done over the two years I've been covering the Bucks right. <laughs> for Peter Report. I really don't think I've said anything because I was I was hired a month before Tom Brady came aboard. And so yep. since then, I mean, they really haven't made a bad signing. They haven't really done anything bad as a front office. I just disagree with this one, and I disagree with the way that they've kind of assessed the Carlton Davis thing. I will say that it sounds like that the Godwin situation, however, did handicap them a good bit in terms of their options at least as far as the franchise tag is concerned. Maybe they knew that. 
people are going to act like the Mike Williams contract surprised the Bucks because of the timing of when it was announced. But that's not the case. Mike Williams and Chris Godwin have the same agent. And so yeah. the Bucks knew that this was going to be the price for quite a while now. What it is is giving us an explanation as to why this deal. We wondered that last week or, or right. earlier this week, maybe. Why is this deal taking so long? He's not going to get Devonte Adams' money. Like his range is kind of established. And that was from us talking to really tons of different people who talk to NFL agents. And one source that I talked to expressed like was amazed at the Mike Williams contract and said, what's crazy about this wide receiver market maybe bouncing back up is that all the news he was hearing about the wide receiver market being down was from agents, the last people, the last people that should want the to put that news out there. That's why all these projections you see are low on the wide receiver market, relatively speaking. And obviously last year, last couple of years, wide receiver market has indicated that as well. So it's kind of coming out of nowhere. Yes, the Mike Williams contract is related to the Godwin contract, but not right. in a way that it surprised the Bucs at the last minute and forced them to use the tag, just in the way that it's the same agent that represents both players. And he used the situation basically to put the Bucs in a harder place with Godwin. Scott, you're muted. Sorry, I was muted there. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And I, I think what's happening with, with the Godwin situation is, is this. The agents stonewalled the Buccaneers. Don't blame the Buccaneers for not getting the Godwin deal done. They wanted it done. They want it done now right. because they don't want to have $19 million worth of cap money tied up in Chris Godwin when free agency starts. So you can bet Jason Light, Mike Greenberg, Jackie Davison, they're trying to get a Godwin extension done before Monday. Right. And I think it's going to happen. I do. Mm -hmm. Because now the tables have turned. Right. Um, the agent and Chris Godwin got what they wanted. They they got the Buccaneers to use the franchise tag, because what that does is. It, it's a declaration. Buccaneers, you think Chris Godwin's worth 19 million dollars. OK, because you just said he was you. You gave him the franchise tag. It's not always a given that that's the starting point for negotiations. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have a player that will get a franchise tag and then the average per year will be slightly lower than that, right? That happens sometimes because you get guaranteed money and you get the, you get what you want. You get security over years, right? Rather than a one-year deal. So I'm not saying Chris Godwin is going to, you know, get 19 million or 20 or 21. He might. As a matter of fact, I think he will when it's all said and done, because I believe that the agent thought that the market value that the agent must have heard the market value for Chris Godwin was going to be at least $20 million. And so now what's happened is the Mike Williams deal that reset the market for the wide receivers, right? There were, there were five wide receivers making $20 million or more, including his teammate, Keenan Allen. And then you got mm -hmm. the big guys that, you know, the Hopkins, the Julio right. Jones, mm -hmm. Amari Cooper is one of those guys. Um, and of course, uh, Devonte Adams, right? Those were the five guys. I think when it's all said and done, you're going to see probably seven to ten wide receivers, Godwin being one of them, at twenty million dollars or more. So yeah. what happened is the agent forced the Bucks to use the franchise tag because he wasn't wasn't getting any phone calls returned. And now Mike Williams has set the market at twenty million. Now the agent goes to the Buccaneers and says. Uh, Chris Godwin's better than Mike Williams, isn't he? Because <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> and and he says, okay, well, you've already said he's worth 19. And you're saying he's he's better than Mike Williams. And my guy Mike just got $20 million. So guess what? That's where it's going to start with Chris Godwin. Yeah. $20 million, 21, whatever. 
And, and it gets uh, very interesting beyond that too. They're like going to the pay. guaranteed and money part result, of it is, it might be a situation where where they are going to lose uh, Carlton Davis as a result. Yeah, and it, the guaranteed money part of it is the most fascinating part to me because I think Godwin's average John, per year. You. Am I muted too? I no? I hear you, John. Oh, I'm not muted. Scott doesn't hear me. Yeah, yeah, I you're good. Some money. Okay, yeah, I was going to yeah, say the guaranteed money. I think is the most interesting part because the guaranteed money is what really matters to the player, right? Especially because you know, what happened with Mike Williams' contract that was most interesting to me was the fact that he got 67% of his contract guaranteed. That is crazy to me that he got that kind of money guaranteed. That Typically, if you look at other wide receiver contracts around the league, if you look at that, you know, they're in the 40%, I think Keenan Allen got 40% or lower. He got 67% of a guaranteed. He got it over a three-year deal so he can hit the market again before he's 30 or right around when he turns 30, I think. It is mm-hmm. one of it, Brad Spielberger said it on Twitter, Pro Football Focus con, a contract expert. He said like it's one of the most player-friendly deals that he can remember in a long time, one of the biggest wins for a player in terms of contracts. So that's kind of what you're up against in some ways. But also, you know, Godwin's deal, Godwin's younger, like there's a possibility he could hit free agency again if you gave him a four-year deal. He's a year and a half younger than Mike Williams. I think the guaranteed money is going to be a big part of it. Not that Scott is wrong about the average amount per year. I don't think, I'm not saying he's wrong. I just think there's a couple factors to consider. Williams average per year, they wanted to be up there. He lives in California and obviously they they have 12.3% state income tax. Godwin has none. So Godwin getting less money makes makes sense per year. But what's going to be different is the guarantees. Godwin's going to have more in his guarantees than Mike Williams, even if his average is a little bit lower. He could be in the four-year $76 million range, but get like $50 million guaranteed, where Williams got $40 million guaranteed. So those are all elements kind of of this whole negotiation that could happen. Godwin's deal might look leaner on an average per year basis because also there's the ACL to factor in, but I bet he will get more guaranteed money. So if you're the Bucks, yeah, it's a risk, man. It's definitely a risk. It's more of a risk than I probably wanted to take, Matt. But I still think it's one that could be worth. I mean, still one I would make. I just hate to lose other players if if that happens, Matt. Yeah, I almost did a spit take when I saw the the numbers and the news of of Mike Williams' contract because he's a good receiver. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but I, you know, as Scott was just saying too, like you know, he's he's no disrespect to him, but he's not on Chris Godwin's level. I think when you like when you look at the Bucks and you look at the wide receivers group, you automatically go, oh, yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, where if you look at the Chargers, you go, yeah, Keenan Allen, great receiver. Oh, and they also have Mike Williams. He's a he's a good wide receiver. No one's like, oh, they're a dynamic duo, kind of like Evans and Godwin is. So I, I to get for him to get that much guaranteed money and everything you just said was, was really interesting to me. And John, I saw you tweeting about this yesterday too, and I really couldn't agree more. Well, one thing too is I, I almost forget that. Well, I don't forget, but I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about the fact that you know Godwin's coming off a, a very serious ACL injury, and I hope that he comes back like no issues, none whatsoever. But that's not even a guarantee that he's going to like start this season. So I, I saw you tweeting about it where it's better for Godwin to get a, a deal now because mm-hmm. again you don't know how you're going to look coming back from that injury you don't know if you're if you're playing on the franchise tag if the Bucks don't come to a, a deal with him you're playing in a in a year where the Bucks don't even know who the quarterback is they know it's down to two guys and Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask but they're looking at right. a situation where Godwin's numbers and not everything obviously is dictated by numbers by any means but God, Godwin might not have the 
the the baller type of years that he's had since 2019 mm-hmm. going on Good now point, just because yeah. of the way that the offense is going to look next season so it's right. even more of an incentive to get that big deal now and you're you're playing in a really risky territory going with that franchise tag it is and this is kind of this brings me to my next question perfectly for you scott is that yes i hear what you're saying about the tag Mm -hmm. one of the bucks to apply it at least in the short term because it does i mean obviously it's leverage on but but i feel like there's leverage on both sides here like chris godwin cannot play on the tag again next year like he needs to get a long-term deal done it would be agent malpractice to have that happen so yeah. you are playing, yeah, like the short term, the leverage with the free agency coming up that the Bucks will get it done and we'll try to move you to a bigger contract, obviously. Right. I'll fix that uh, on the screen okay. there for a second. But yeah, that would be, but the the downside of that obviously would be if they don't <laughs> basically make it happen, yeah. then you're in a situation you've, you're on the tag and I, that's, I don't know how that can happen for him. He just found out what that was like. And now because of it, the only reason this is even held up, he isn't getting Godwin or Mike Williams money right yeah. off the bat is because of that. If he had another injury like this, he wouldn't be touched, you know, at that, at these kind of rates, this wouldn't even be in sure. a conversation for this kind of money. So no, we're talking about exactly 19 right. mil guaranteed for this year or 50 mil guaranteed. If yeah. he gets uh, a contract this offseason. he's got to take the best offer he can get at some point and meet the bucks at least partway on this. I totally agree. And John, the thing too is, and Matt, to your point, right? He doesn't have Tom Brady throwing the ball. Okay. It's like, yeah. he's going to have a, a lesser quarterback uh, to be, you know, to be named at a later date, throwing him the ball. And the other thing too, is let's keep in mind, he's coming off of an ACL injury. Uh, John, I saw you get into it with, with, uh, with Moo from uh, pro football focus. Timo, uh, yeah. Timo. Yeah. About Timo this. Risque. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, on Twitter, you know, he's yeah. making the assumption, well, he's going to be back healthy in, in 2022. Mm-hmm. Hold the, hold the, the, the not a guarantee, hold. not a guarantee. Exactly. Was OJ Howard healthy this year? Yes, he was. Absolutely. He, he played in every game. He passed the team physical. He was a shell of his former self. Something was wrong with OJ Howard mm-hmm. mentally or physically. Where does Chris Godwin play in the middle of the field? How did he hurt his knee going across the middle when somebody came and took out his knee? Okay. So now you're, you're asking him to go across the middle where he's got linebackers, safeties, and nickel corners to contend with. And he's going to be catching passes from a less accurate quarterback who's probably going to be throwing him into traffic. Exactly, Matt. <laughs> and, and, and you don't think I love he, how we're just low key taking shots at Gabbard and Trask. We go <laughs> just keeping it real. I mean, you're right. My, my point is, though, is is you don't think he's going to have maybe some alligator arms on a couple passes. You don't think he's going to have a couple drops because he's hearing some footsteps. Right. I mean, that's a serious injury that he under, underwent. Now, maybe he comes back and has, you know, 12, 1300 yard, uh, yards in, in the season. I wouldn't be shocked if he has 900 yards. Right. Chris Godwin because of the position he plays and what he's asked to do in the run game, blocking, et cetera, has not mm-hmm. started every single game of his career. He missed games last year, obviously. He's missed games with concussions. Uh, he's had a broken pinky. Um, I mean, there, there's just a litany of, yeah. of things he's had, hamstring injuries. Right. So I I, I disagreed with, with, uh, you know, with, with Moo about that mm-hmm. because – it's not a lock. He's going to come back. People, people have this this Adrian Peterson mindset yeah. of, well, he came back from the ACL and he rushed for two thousand yards in a season. Okay, that is the wild outlier. That is the mm-hmm. wild exception, not the rule. So, 
a lot of times, and that's, and look, yeah, and sketchy for the Bucks giving him a big contract too. But I do think is. ACL recoveries are, are pretty common today, and you can trust it a lot I more agree. than an Achilles. But which is what Howard suffered. Just because he's back to a hundred percent physically, and he can pass a physical and play from a performance standpoint, he may not be able to give a hundred percent. I've just covered too many players on the Buccaneers over the years that have had mm-hmm. knee surgeries and have come back the next year and played. But it's almost like it's a. It takes one year to get back in the rhythm, and then the That's next right. year they're back yep. to where they were or better. Right, and I there's wouldn't be surprised that. if that happens. Yeah, there's some truth to that. You know what can help you get in the rhythm if you're not in the rhythm? It's yes. a little bit of Celsius from our friends. Look at this stuff. Look at all the great flavors. Celsius Energy Drink, folks. The proud title sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast. I am enjoying my first sparkling orange pomegranate of my it's life so today. Good. Let uh, me tell you, this is a good flavor right is. here, Scott. I understand what you were raving about. No sugar, healthy energy, natural caffeine, accelerates metabolism, burns body fat, and comes in so many different flavors that you can try a bunch of them on the screen. If you want to check out the flavors, you can go to Celsius.com, use the store locator, find out where they are near you, or click the banner ads over at pewterreport.com, and you can check them out there as well. Do the Amazon subscribe and save option and get Celsius coming to you with regularity as well so it is it's, it's a game changer it is, it it, is. it'll uh, help boost your day and you'll get the, that boost without the crash that you get from other energy drinks yeah. so definitely make sure right that, uh, that you check that out no oh, yeah that's the orange vibe orange pomegranate that oh yeah pomegranate. the truth right there man yeah i'm ready to tell on the show today so it's good stuff okay uh before we get to before we keep we got i got one more thing i want to say on this situation let me find the comment that goes with it um about some of this i can't find the comment now that i was going to say oh mike williams and the chargers not that you guys care necessarily but i just want to explain the difference in the two situations and why the agent went to get the mike williams deal done first Mm -hmm. a lot of people are going to say this was done by the chargers and that's fine i mean people have different opinions of mike williams uh ability and so and i'll leave that open i think he's a good player this is an overpay obviously but everybody's an overpay in free agency for the most part so either getting a free agency and the market resets in a couple years and nobody notices here's Mm -hmm. what i'll say though about the chargers they're in a window where their left tackle and their quarterback are on rookie contracts Mm -hmm. and they're in a window where they have way more cap space than the bucks and a a decent amount of cap space they're also in the afc west which is probably going to be the best division in football yeah and they need to push and they need to push they can't they don't even have a wide receiver three that's established right now they need to rely on cheap guys and and rookie contracts for that spot so they want two studs out there mike williams just had the best year of his career with justin herbert caught nine touchdowns Mm -hmm. 1100 yards they feel like he's a player on the way up they used him kind of like michael thomas joe lombardi being their oc obviously from the saints um and they found a role for him and because of that they believe that they can get even better production out of moving forward. He's been pretty available to them as well. So they basically had a ton of cap space. They said, you know what? We want two great receivers for our young quarterback on a rookie contract. We're going to push and try to win in this window. We've already done a lot uh, to boost other uh, spots on our team. We need to use most of our draft resources for the defense and to try and get better on that side of the ball, especially to stop the run and things like that. So I think that's why. And they said, you know what? What we're going to do because we have all this space we're going to front load Mike Williams contract. So yes, he's getting 20, he's getting 40 million guaranteed, right. but I think 28 of that is going in this year when they have all this space. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're just going to put it all in there right now. And then yep. we can really, if he doesn't produce, we can get out of his contract in a year and probably two years with no hit at all. So right. from the chargers perspective, they're basically going all in on the next year or two of Mike Williams. Yep. And if he plays well, great. They've got him, you know, on a pretty affordable rate. Right. And uh, he's he's younger year. than Keenan Allen too. 
right? Younger so, than I mean, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's about to be 30. Uh, Mike yep. Williams is 27 and a half, I believe. So that's kind of the process from their standpoint. Yep. You can say, you know, Mike Williams is just not that good, but they didn't really tie themselves up in future years when they need the space. Right. Like when Justin Herbert and Rashawn Great Slater point. and some of these guys, you know, they need contracts. They didn't really yep. hurt themselves for that range. So just some insight into what Telesco is thinking there. Not that yep. I'm a Charger stand or anything, but that's why it's different than the Bucs. And he went to the Chargers mm-hmm. first because he knew they could give that's the bag exactly right, right away and they wouldn't hesitate. Yep. But the, the this situation a lot different. He's the, doing the, his job in that sense. That's that's right. Exactly. Yeah. He's looking out for all of his clients and screwing the bucks yeah. in the process. And so by the way, happened. this same agent has Debo Samuel, I believe, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. Like he has all three wow, of them. Wow. Yeah. Contracts coming up down True. the way. So that man's yeah, about to be. I forget his name. Was he like a know. receiver whisperer or something? He's got like that all is the pretty top common things. of agents. They yeah. will often go to different positions and like just kind of focus on specific positions. That way they can master like the market and play teams yep. yeah. against each other. That makes sense. Just like uh this guy has. So that that is kind of how uh, some of that yep. uh works. Uh Nate asked, did Casey have the cucumber flavor yesterday? She did. It's cucumber lime, right? Yeah. I believe. Cucumber lime. I, yeah. yeah, cucumber. I haven't tried it yet, but um that's uh that's one she she that was her I think she said that was she said that was her favorite, maybe on yesterday's show i can't remember but uh sorry scott you it's can pull that super chat back up i didn't see sure it. yeah yeah jason de la Torre, uh with the five dollar super chat thank you jc thank you um lots of noise about the bucks and deshaun watson today Rappaport, assuming he's not indicted what's the the cost in picks players and cap dollars uh see do the buccaneers need a big time quarterback yes they do the problem with the buccaneers is they have a ton of holes right and I don't know that they have the draft capital to compete with other teams that might want him, right? The Eagles. Who who's he asking about? Sorry, I missed it. Deshaun Watson. Oh, Watson. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't think they have the capital to to do that. And I think yeah. ideally, in a perfect world, if they were to pursue Deshaun Watson, they they would hope that this doesn't get resolved until after the draft, so that this year's draft picks aren't even in play. Right. Mm-hmm. Jason Light and the Buccaneers have got to come away with at least two and maybe three starters from this year's draft. They, they, they've got to find a Tristan Wirfs and an Antoine Winfield. Right. That's they've, they've got to do that this year because they're going to have some holes. They're not going to be able to bring everybody back. They're going to lose either probably Jensen or Kappa. One of those guys almost assuredly won't be back. There's a chance Carlton Davis isn't back. Um, yeah, this, th- this, they're going to have some holes. Defensive tackle. Right. You know, they're going to. I don't know that Sue's coming back. I want to ask Matt about this too, because I want to get his thoughts on this, but I did just want to say like the Watson thing we'll talk about in a second here. One of the things the bucks have done a great job of avoiding so far (laughs) is giving up anything significant for a quarterback who absolutely sucks. But today we did see a team. (laughs) That's right. We did. And I've stirred them out. This is all she did give up. This is yeah. mind-boggling to me that we can the be Washington at this point Commodores still. Unbelievable. The, they yeah. gave they flipped second round picks with the Colts this year. This year. So the yeah. Colts moved up like eight spots because of a six spot, something like yeah. that, because of it. They flipped those picks. They gave up two third round picks, and one of those th- one this year, one next year. One of those third rounders can become a second if Carson Wentz plays over seventy percent of the snaps, which I think was the same which, incentive that the Colts had last year, which yeah. he probably will because they don't have right. anything else at quarterback. If he right. can stay healthy, so they gave basically gave up another second, a third, and they took on his entire contract. <laughs> That's and he's goal. not even average. He's bad. Yeah, Washington gonna Washington, folks. Yeah, I mean it's un, it's un, 
Yeah, it's unbelievable for the fact that one, they just trade agreed to trade for him, but two, yeah. to give up the picks as well. It's a lose lose situation. Yeah. I could just imagine Indy gets off the phone after the deal is done. It's like I can't believe they did that, like yes. you idiots. You know, I just <laughs> like, I guess an article you, just came you. out. <laughs> an article just came out that negotiations started at a fourth and a sixth from Washington. Oh my god! And they got him to that. Wow! How that desperate is a, do you have to that be? Is a, it's a swindling of the highest degree in the NFL. I mean, that is just un, that is unbelievable. Yeah. That that not many trades well, are just this clear cut awful and this is just so bad there's like no way this works for washington the thing is 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 i i've gone on record before i'm not calling them um their their new name i'm calling them the commodores not the vanderbilt (laughs) commodores like the lionel richie commodores okay but i'm this trade is so bad i'm actually not even calling the commodores anymore i'm calling them the commodes Yeah, like the, the toilets, the, the commodes, the Washington commodes. They're never going to be able to pay for the new uh, stadium seating, so fans don't fall onto the field with yeah. the, you know when they're picking up Carson Wentz's contract. <laughs> it's so. true. And I do think Chris Ballard deserves credit for this. Obviously, like if yes, you can he negotiate to this point, no thief. question. It is important to note for those people saying like, "Oh, I saw somebody early in the conference." Just you know, that wasn't a comparison. They were just saying it'd be hard for Jason Light to top that this offseason. It does need to be said that he also traded a first-round pick for Carson Wentz after quite a bit of train wreck level play, and it did not work out obviously for them either. They basically had to try and hide him all season. And if you see the reports that are out right now, there's an article that just came out in the Athletic talking about this is another part of the massive concern for Washington. Carson Mm -hmm. Wentz as a leader just being atrocious behind the scenes and everything yeah, for the second straight up. stop right. both with great quarterback minds that yeah. liked him and wanted him but couldn't get it done with him and now washington thinks the washington compost thinks yeah. i like that that's one. a good, one. good, one. good one. That, that's the comment of the day yeah. get this franchise out of the league honestly like we can do better somewhere else oh like, yeah we can we can we give st louis a team back or something like this, this is just absurd that we yeah. i mean ridiculous anyway uh back to the sean watson thing matt i want to get your thoughts on this because i haven't heard from you as much on this i will just add that i don't necessarily although i hear you on the draft compensation and it could matter for sure because of watson's no trade clause and because of the fact that he is due 35 million this year that's that's a bit of a hindrance as well yeah like houston might have to look at this space Right. They might have to in in his yeah, his stock might only go down if he sits out another year. It's two years removed from the last time he played. Yeah. So they might be in a little bit of a desperation situation where they're like, you know what, where do you want to go, Deshaun? And then he's got to pick, and then they just have to take the best available offer. And it's still going to be a good offer, probably a big offer for him. And and we know Deshaun Watson from his comments in the past likes Bruce Arians. Obviously, the Bucks roster are better than a lot of the other ones he could go to. Now there is Philly out there and, and they're okay. And you know, there's the Saints out there and they're competitive too, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, none of this is happening if his legal situation doesn't get cleared up, and depends what happens with that. So there's a large amount of this that we don't know. But, Matt, what are your thoughts on this whole Deshaun Watson mess? Yeah, first of all, obviously everything has to be cleared up and all the legal al- allegations. If he's able to settle and everything like that, and there's a situation where he could come back into this season and either doesn't get suspended for too long or they – already say well he was out for an entire season so that kind of well he got paid though but you know that kind of counts as uh you know as a uh, suspension for him if all those things are cleared up and as bruce likes to say the price is right and the real and the deal is real and it wouldn't cost them you know an extreme amount of draft picks Mm -hmm. maybe again even after the draft as um as you just brought up scott 
then I think the Bucs should pursue it. I mean, let's be realistic. The Bucs have had other controversial guys on the team, whether it's Jameis Winston or Antonio Brown. So yeah. they've brought in other guys, you know, in precarious situations. 22 women. Yeah. 22. Yeah. Not one. That's all red flags. That's uh, like a, this, my guy got a problem. I think the other yeah. thing you got to, yeah. Yeah. And obviously I'm not condoning. Where's the stadium located, Matt? Uh, where, Raymond James Stadium? Yeah. Just generally speaking, it's right off of where? Right. What, right. What major yeah. road? <laughs> right off of Dale Mabry. Right off and, Dale Mabry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I read the Fat Five. Yeah. <laughs> I there's, know what you're talking there's about. There's like <laughs> massage parlors. Like I think five of them. Hey, that's going to be anywhere my guy goes. So so that's the thing too, is I I understand like, okay, if if he's available, don't go for him and everything like that. But another team is going to pick him up one way or another, because he's Mm -hmm. still talented and and teams want to win. And whether it's right or wrong, winning solves a lot of things or good play solves a lot of things. And you would know Sean Watson, you're going to have this guy. He's your franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. And if he's on the Bucks, then all right, well, they're he's he's gonna face to win the South. I, I hear you, Matt. And I'm I'm not trying to like argue with you because I no, sure. I, I think from a talent standpoint, yes, I want it. Like if I if I'm playing Madden football, I'm yeah. making the trade, <laughs> right? Um, because I I don't know that there's like a like an upload or like you know, a, or I should say a download of like massage parlors in the actual Madden game. I think it's pretty much straight football, thankfully. But the the issue with with Deshaun Watson is he's going to get suspended, right? It's yeah. probably going to be my guess is half a season. Okay, um, see that to me is not worth it if he's going to well, be suspended yeah. for that and, long. And yeah. right, well, and, and the, I mean, yeah, if you, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's so I mean, many ways to look at it. You could have you're going to have him for years probably because he's young. It's not like that's right. Yeah, a Russell yeah. Wilson situation. So you you kind of so. weather the storm, right? I, right. I get that. But also, but, man, if you're getting suspended for eight games, what happened in the court? Like when this thing's resolved, like that. Just, that. Not just that, John. What if, what if this is not a like you said? It's a problem, right? Like this mm-hmm. isn't like a like a, a once yeah. like a bad night. I was out drinking. I got a little handsy. Whatever. You worry it comes up hands again. It comes up yeah. again for him. And if it does, he's learns. gone. He's done for a year. So you traded, he's yeah, done first for nothing. and you. You don't know when that's going to happen or if it's going to happen. It's like a ticking time bomb situation. Yeah, and it's it is a mess. I really have no idea what they're what's going to happen there. And we've got court. There's stuff happening Friday. I'm not going to get a ton of the details. There's stories out there. There's I think he's he's going to plead the fifth basically. I think. Yeah. And then there's going to this this is starting to accelerate. They I I do think a deal will happen for him before the draft. I, I, agree. I agree. It's got to be great after if it was after the draft. Yeah. I think you'll see a deal probably right up around right. the draft and maybe yeah. even. It might even be a thing like where that. he's not even criminally charged, but but that that still is is not going to keep him from not getting doesn't, suspended. Yeah, doesn't take it away completely for sure. It, it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Lots of red flags, lots of question marks there. So we've talked about the Davis, uh, Carlton Davis and the Chris Godwin situations. We promised yesterday we talk about the Sean Watson stuff. I do think there will be a couple teams that are suitors for him. I, yeah, There's some level of interest, I feel like, but I don't know that there's going to be anything significant enough to get this thing done. Let's go to Matt's. Mark or uh, Matt's uh, Beck's battle plan for the offseason, Scott. Uh, you proofed this thing and saw it at the end of our comments here and asking Matt questions. We will each say one thing that we liked about it and one thing that okay. we hated about it. Oh, okay. We're so doing uh, just, right. yeah, just play it on yourself. 
yeah prepare yourself for both yes matt we did that yesterday on the pod we did that with josh capo and it was his first show and (laughs) we just let him have it yep casey went on for like 10 minutes welcome to peter report you suck (laughs) okay awesome no it was great it was he he handled it really well and and it was hard to find a lot of bad things to be honest it was a pretty good battle plan was matt's the same way scott what were your observations i don't know go ahead i'm gonna look at matt's battle plan while you're talking but oh uh, okay I know you have some questions for Matt. Don't hold back based on the battle plan. Okay. You, yes. Uh, so let, let me, let me, uh, got it right here. Okay. So, um, God, you hate it already. Jeez. Well, I <laughs> mean, like, how do you even start? This is just crap. No, it's fine. It's fine. The, the thing is, I mean, first of all, I mean, um, I, I think you made the most logical move of the entire, um, situation and bringing Blaine Gabbert back. I mean, that, <laughs> th- th- that right there, once you did that, I mean, I'm trying to, to find holes in this thing and I really can't because yeah, Blaine, <laughs> you're on the Blaine train. I appreciate that all aboard. All so aboard. having said that, um, you bring back Carlton Davis and you pay him a buttload of money for uh, four years, $70 million. Um, you know, I, I would say maybe the most controversial thing you did was you hit the reset button at at the the kicker and punter position. You got rid of Bradley Pinion, and you got rid of Ryan Suckup. So uh, that is somewhat controversial. Neither one of those players had the year that they had during the Super Bowl run, but I don't think that they were that bad. Was the thinking there just from a cap perspective, trying to get younger at the position? What was the, what was your thinking about special teams? Because let's face it, they're not special in Tampa, but. But they they could be less special if you get rid of those guys. So talk a little right. bit. Yeah, for me, it pretty much mostly came down to just finding enough cap room after the, the Godwin uh, franchise tag. Because, again, I was going by, you know, whether they work out a deal later, that doesn't really help right now with, with this box battle plan. So for me, it was more than anything else just uh, – trying to get as much more cap room as I could possibly get. Right. Uh, Bradley Pinion, he was injured for some of the year and um, was, you know, average at best. Right. I, I know he brings uh, an extra boost with being able to do the kickoffs as well. Right. But so again, you want special teams to just suck, but be cheaper. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see if they suck or not, but uh, right. I definitely want them to be cheaper. And when Bradley Pinion kicks two balls out of bounds on the kickoff in the divisional round, I great don't necessarily point. know if, uh, you know, how much more could the special teams really suck they, when, when it well comes said. down to that. Well said. So, uh, and I addressed that in the draft. Obviously, everyone's very high on uh, Matt, or uh, I don't know how you say his last name, Arasia, but uh, there's another guy actually in the same conference as him, Ryan Stonehouse. That's right. Uh, you have him in your mock draft. Yeah, he was a three-time uh, first-team All-Mountain West punter. Second team right. last year, but because Matt got uh, the first one. But, uh, you know, he averaged 50.9 yards per punt uh, yeah. last year. So I, I think you're mm-hmm. you're at least taking a guy that's the best that, at his position. That Mountaineer, too, though. He's a Colorado State guy. Yeah. So, so that, there's, there's the Mountaineer there, too. But listen, and, yeah, go ahead. No, I, and I was just going to say uh, on Suckup, again, a very solid guy. I understand, like – yeah, you'd probably be downgrading a little bit, but you saved the money. And for me, with Suckup, he wasn't as good last year as he was in 2020. Right. And I just, it, like in today's NFL, a lot of these kickers can kick from like, you know, 52 plus and things like that. And yeah. I think, again, with the Bucks offense, that it's going to be struggling for points. It's not going to be 30 points week in and week out. That's you right. You can live with Suckup being more of a, and he could hit from 45 and stuff like that, but yeah. being mm-hmm. more comfortable the closer you get, 
you can get by with that with Tom Brady. But again, when you're starving for points this year, right. Borgals has been there for a while. Yep. Uh, Bruce Harris has spoken highly of him. I understand mm-hmm. in practice is way different than in a regular season game. But again, to to make the dollars and cents work, you had to, uh, you know, you had well, to it's interesting. Questions. It's interesting to note, and kicker is a very important position. Uh, Jason Light could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to keep my guy, Matt Gay, right, in 2020 because yeah. he's the draft pick and he had a little bit mm-hmm. of a shaky end of the season, but we believe in Matt. And Matt, to his credit, has turned into a very good kicker for the Rams, winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, maybe it was the change of scenery, getting him out of Tampa, that, that kick-started that thing there. So uh, I would not be surprised if Jose ends up beating out Suckup and – and if that's the case, I could see Jason letting Ryan suck up go, even though he's the established veteran, because he's not beholden to, you know, to his guys. I mean, they're, yeah. they're all his guys if he's bringing them in. So okay. I, I'm, I'm not I'm be surprised if that happened. So talk to me, Matt, about this Marcus May. You you decided not to bring him back Jordan Whitehead in your battle plan. Instead, you signed Marcus May in free agency. May coming off a torn Achilles injury, but that he suffered, I believe, was that in November? As a Jets fan, I think you know. I yeah, think it was, he's a former Jet, John. I mean, yeah, on. a former That's New York talking about. Um, yeah, but this actually makes sense last year, it right? Because Todd Bowles was the coach. Todd, so Marcus Todd Bowles was... drafted Marcus May, and that right. went. And into... Not only did Todd Bowles draft him, Matt. I learned when I was in Indianapolis, and I was asking around to some people in the know. This was a Todd Bowles pick. It wasn't general man. Who was the general manager then? It was, was it Joe Douglas for the, no, it wasn't. He was after, I forget who it was. It was a uh, McCagnan. It was, was McCagnan, right. Bowles, but yeah. this was the one that Dodd Bowles stood on the table for. Remember they Marcus drafted Jamal one Adams. one of those in guys that we like a lot. And that's right. That's we how really thought- comfortable with him. And we <laughs> that's how he felt about it. Tampa. Very good impersonation. So, I'm not we're gonna we're really to disappointed to see Jordan leave. We, we like I think Jordan. there's too He's much emotion fit. still. Less emotion. Less. Wait, did we just get Todd Bowles on the show? Todd, are you there? I just think that Marcus can do a lot of the things we're looking for him to do, and and we wish Jordan well. I do think that this is as an actual possibility of happening, and I'm I'm going to be dialed into this one uh, to see if the Bucks have yeah. some interest in there as he gets to free agency. But what did you see in May's game that made him you think, oh, this is a good fit with Winfield? I think just first of all uh, the versatility, which again, which is why you know Todd Bowles uh, brought him into New York in the first place. I think mm-hmm. you could put him at, at free safety, and you can. Mm-hmm. And you could put him at strong safety as well, too. Uh, and I, I know he missed a lot of games last year, but before that, he played 16 games in the two previous seasons. The year before, so four years ago, he played six, and then his rookie year, he played almost every game as well, too. So, yeah, the Achilles thing is big, but I, I think him playing 16 games the two prior seasons is helpful, too. I just like that he can play well with with – star players too. I mean, Jamal Adams obviously is not what he was a couple of years ago, right? but I think he can just mesh extremely well with Antoine Winfield Jr. And if Antoine's going to be the star and making the plays like Marcus May, isn't really going to have an issue with that. Uh, really just versatility more than anything else, I think right. is, is really important. And again, stats don't dictate everything, but if you go back to 2020, uh, Marcus May had 88 tackles, two sacks, 11 pass breakups, two interceptions and two forced fumbles. Jordan Whitehead that same year, and granted different defenses, but right. uh, 74 mm-hmm. tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, four pass breakups, and one forced fumble. So the stats are very similar, almost in most cases better for Marcus May than it was for Jordan Whitehead. So I just think, too, again, when you look at the contract, I'm 
projecting and predicting that Whitehead is going to get a little more money thrown okay. at him because of the two seasons, the last two seasons that he's had. Right. So could get a little bit more than, you know, a little bit more towards the eight, nine right. million range. Yep. And because May is on a prove it deal, I think it fits better contractually yep. for the Bucs. You you also have the Buccaneers losing center Ryan Jensen. And let's talk about some of your the free agents you talked about, Marcus May. Uh, which which center do you have? Are you going to go with Robert Hainsey? No, you're going to bring somebody in with some experience to challenge Hainsey for that job, right? That is absolutely right. Brian Allen. <laughs> yeah, it's Brian Allen. <laughs> slipping. I knew it was Brian. It was, the last yeah. name was slipping on me. Yeah, Brian Allen uh, just played with the Rams, won a Super Bowl there last year. Uh, another guy that has a little bit of an injury history. He, he had an MCL injury in 2019, and then yeah. – he was actually the first player to get contracted with COVID during the, the COVID-ridden 2020 season. Um, but on top of that, it took him a little bit more to, to you know, uh, recover from his MCL injury. Mm -hmm. But even with all of that, he's um, he's pretty good in his own blocking scheme. He, he's, he's quite mobile. He can move up the field. He can go across the face of, of the defensive tackle in front of him. Uh, he gave up, I believe, five sacks last year, pass yeah. blocking. So that's a you know it's, something that you know this is a solid, solid guy to come in there. Mm -hmm. um, looking at your other free agents, you you have a guy that I like that I think could be a real possibility. Uh, John, you might agree. Chase Edmonds from Arizona, pass catching mm -hmm. running back. He played if in Bernard's Arizona. not back. Yeah, yeah, he played in Arizona under Byron Leftwich in that 2019 season. So, or I should say 2018 season. So. Uh, there's a bit of a, of a connection there. Also, tight end Mo Alley Cox from the Colts, who I had in my in my battle plan. I think a very good uh, pick there. And then uh, you really kind of were listening closely to what Bruce Arians was talking about from the defensive tackle position, Matt. Um, getting a, a player because you have Indomitus who not returning, so you have Larry Ogunjobi. Right, nailed it, Larry Ogunjobi. Yes. Nailed it. This is an interesting one because Ogunjobi like hurt his foot and could miss the beginning of the season. I guess he hurt his foot late in the playoffs and could miss yeah. the beginning of the season. But I've the considered Bengals. him too. That's interesting for a couple reasons. One, he's he is definitely a fit in terms of what uh, Bruce the traits Bruce Aaron's talked about. He has not developed as a pass rusher, but right, you know, he is a potentially a fit. But also, you have him with a three-year, twenty-four million dollar contract here. I mean, there's a possibility with his injury, like there he might be on a prove it too. You know, it wasn't like yeah. he was killing it before he got to the Bengals. He was yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of already had that somewhat like right. a prove it year. Just a, and he was a one he was deal. solid in a rotation, but yeah. I mean, he could he could get something like that again. It could be another pretty cheap Marcus May like deal. I feel like to to bring him on board. Yeah, he had seven sacks. Yeah, well, that's that's what popped year. out to me, and right. obviously I listened not great to against you guys, the run, the two maybe. goats. Yeah, but, not, um, not great against the run, but he's the guy you want to bring in there. It yeah. kind of fits that rotate mold. Him. Yeah, rotate him. Put him in there on the third downs. He just like is it. inconsistent. He has all the traits. He had years. I remember his rookie year. I watched yeah, him. He's got a Charlotte, Steelers isn't he? And yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte kid. And yeah. it was like, man, he this guy could be the next great D tackle, people thought. Yeah. And I was just like, well, we. one of the biggest things about playing D tackle is consistency, man. Right. Like, you can have a great play, but yeah. you never stay on the field if you can't play every down. Like, it just... Yep. You're never going to be great that way. So this was good. It was an interesting draft too. I'm not going to give the whole thing away to people because I know we got to keep it moving. But I liked your mock draft a good I bit. Liked your not mock only, a lot. Yeah. not only did I love. Wow. I, I don't necessarily. <laughs> there's some of the players I haven't watched, but I I liked it in terms of I felt like everybody you picked was kind of like a Bucks prototype. If Dylan Barham yes. coming in, the Memphis guard coming in at 311. I mean, he was listed at 285. Yeah, that was huge. He came in at 311 and tested great at the combine, mm -hmm. so he can carry that weight. 
which is big. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he could be, he could end up being a fit. Former um, tight box, end. But... I just find so interesting. He was a former tight end. So, you know, yep. he's going to have that footwork. And I, I mentioned it in it too. You go back to, if you guys remember the infamous Leonard Fournette touchdown run in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl and the Fournette touchdown run uh, against the set of the Colts that right. essentially closed out the game pulling guard. Yep. Both of those pulling guard. And yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I picture Parham mm-hmm. in that type yeah. of, uh, in that type of role right there. And, and, a, and a Caleb Evans was, I'm so, I'm actually mad at you for that. Cause I had him written down after the combine. As somebody I, I love like, the Troy oh. Anderson pick. That was, yeah. that was and money. The Troy right Anderson. The line well, you now, put him on my radar linebacker. and I saw it with my yeah. own two eyes. Yeah. Let's talk about that. A second round linebacker. I, I am in the process of doing my battle plan. And one of the things I'm yeah. stuck on is that there are two positions that are, I think are really, loaded with talent in this draft even with how talent at the top and talent in depth and really only two positions that i see that way and i need to watch some more of them but linebacker and edge defender i really don't i'm of the opinion i don't think the bucks are going to draft an edge defender maybe at all let alone early in the draft i think they feel like they're, they're set there nelson's developing gills coming up and i just don't feel like they're going to spend resources there with some of their other needs but linebacker it's almost like man this class is so good like at some point do you have to dip into a class like this yeah. just because of the how good the position is so what did you see with anderson that made you want to do that even as early as the second round which i think would surprise people if they went there in, in the first or second round but it was interesting it has me thinking yeah, Anderson is a guy too that his stock has just been soaring really from from the Senior Bowl and, and the Combine as well too. He ran a four four two forty, which was the uh, the fastest out yeah. of. And he's two hundred forty three pounds six yeah. three. He's yeah, crazy. It's funny too because Anderson was was a player as I'm trying to like fill out my mock draft, and I obviously had knew who I had going number mm-hmm. one, and like I want to get a running back too, but I thought round two was way too early for a running back, and I already had par him you know, uh, slotted into like the third, but Anderson, I think too, again, he's a guy that used to play running back. So he's got those instincts and quarterback and quarterback quarterback as well too. So he's got those natural instincts of already playing that position. And I saw it at the senior bowl, just him going sideline to Mm -hmm. sideline, being able to read a play, see it develop before it even really gets going. I thought was, um, was really interesting to me. He had 150 tackles his last year mm-hmm. playing football, and obviously that stands out. So he's he's getting his nose involved everywhere on most yeah. plays. And we don't want to live in a world where Levante David isn't playing football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but eventually. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. To get there. Oh, you have Troy Anderson replacing Levante David. I thought you were going to have him replace Devin White, who may not be back <laughs> after his fifth-year option, Matt. Chilled sure, on. there's um, <laughs> the you know, already for that. <laughs> that that scenario is out there too. If Devin White can get it together though, and yeah, Anderson, I think, I think does get in there. You're I gonna think have Devin two, White is going to have a bounce back year. I really have do. two really fast linebackers yeah. out there. If, uh, yeah, you know, this comes comes to play. Yeah. We'll be great yeah. at running the forty for sure. Um, yep. Okay, this was a good mock. Uh, I I this, I liked your mock and I liked the battle plan in general. I thought it was good stuff. Um, Definitely. So, Definitely make sure you go over to PeterReport.com and check that out, Bucks fans. Lots of good content over there yeah. um, for you to take a look at. Uh, and my Bucks battle plan is coming out tomorrow, Scott. That's and awesome. JCs and Casey's are coming out this weekend. It's yep. got a lot of battle plans rolling out over at Peter it, Report. It's, it's madness is what it is, John. It's absolute madness. Why is it madness? Well, we're in March, right? It's not, just, course, for, right? not just for college basketball. I mean, we, we have we have free agency starting next week, guys. Right. I mean, it's this is madness of epic proportions and the place to get in on all the madness of course is my bookie march is here the madness is officially beginning it's time for you to shoot your shot 
and score big on the nonstop action with MyBookie. Predict the winners in each round of the MyBookie Bracket Contest, which is coming up next week for a chance to win a Bitcoin, a Doodle NFT, currently valued at over $50,000, and over $100,000 more in cash prizes. So whether you're filling out multiple brackets, betting on the national championship winner, or simply looking for those player and game props, MyBookie has you covered. Folks, there's never been a better time to join MyBookie. Get in on all the March Madness and uh, and all the other sports that are happening right now. Sign up today. Use the promo code Pewter to make your first deposit. When you do, you're going to enter. Uh, you're going to get a free entry into the My Bracket contest. So the selections for the bracket officially begin on March 13th. They close on March 17th at 12 p.m. So make sure you get your deposit in now with with the promo code Pewter to secure that free entry. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I think we've got a little bit of news here, Scott. I don't know if it's okay. news or not. Okay, I'm, I'm texting you right now. Uh, and I'm asking you if this, I'm showing you on, on your physical. Look at your phone and you tell me, is this the former Bucks quarterback, Sean King, that yes, is tweeting is. this? That's yes. him. Okay. That's him. So he has tweeted, Hearing if things go, and I have no idea if Sean King is a newsbreaker or anything yeah. like that. Hearing <laughs> if things go well Friday, Deshaun Watson to the Steelers is happening soon after that. That's what he tweeted out. And so there's been some reaction to that. Obviously, I have yeah. no idea. I mean, you may know what Sean King's up to these days. I have no idea or how he would be related to this situation if he yeah. works with Deshaun Watson or what is going on in this spot. Not that has he tweeted false news before? Like, what is the story with this? Do you have any uh, idea? Yeah, I, I have not. I, I I don't know anything about this. This is just uh, right. right. I, I know Sean, and okay. I, I think that we've seen some former players put stuff out on Twitter before. And that have gotten scolded, right? That have, it's blown up in their face. I think right. Sean's probably aware of that, right? Uh, we're not going to mention anyone's names, but <laughs> but I, if he's putting it out there, um, I'm not taking it as gospel, but I'm I'm also um, looking at it with some open eyes and saying, yeah. okay, we'll see. Be interesting. Obviously, there's there has been buzz about that lately, but nothing close yeah. to what he's kind of saying there. So we'll have yeah. to see how it plays and, out. And, and again, what, one of the days. things that that I've that I've felt all along about Deshaun Watson is is yes he has to agree with where he wants to go at the same time the Texans are looking to get as much out of it as as they can and um the Buccaneers that they've got the 27th overall pick and that that's that's not nearly as as enticing as the Steelers who have about what almost 10 picks ahead of them or the the Eagles who have multiple first round picks this year Mm-hmm. You know, if they wanted him. So I, I just I've, I've really been hesitant about the whole Deshaun Watson thing, plus the the accusations, the thirty five million dollars. There's mm-hmm. would I like to see it? Yes, I would like to see the talent. Deshaun Watson the talent here. parts. No question. There's a lot no of wonderful stuff that. Yeah, we and some of it we yeah. don't even have a great vantage point into. So we just are going off what we assume right. is true at this point in time. So yeah. we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, yeah. we'll keep him monitored. I just thought that was interesting because I was pretty sure that was the former Bucks quarterback, Sean King, that, that tweeting is. about it. And so I was that like, hmm, I wonder if you'll have some insight into well, that. But we'll see and, how it plays out, obviously. Yeah, the, the thing is, is we've already had one quarterback uh, get to Colorado, right? And uh, folks, if you're looking for a way to get to Colorado too, and hang on in about 30 seconds, you'll find out what I'm talking about. You want to make sure that your finances are with the good folks over at Immuni Financial. 
At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy for you. Thank you, thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Folks, you got to join me and John and Matt and Russell Wilson out of Colorado. And how do you do that? How do you make that trip happen? Well, you leave it up to the folks at Immuni Financial. No, they're not travel planners, but what they're going to do is they're going to take your money and invest it so you have the money to retire, to build up your college savings accounts for your kids, to provide the brokery, the brokerage and advisory services that you need to help grow your portfolio and manage it properly. And it also, uh, they can help you with insurance services and legacy planning. So managing your family's wealth means more to Immunity Financial than simply allocating your assets. Over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, do what I did. Let Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at amuni.com. You know, this is the whole Leonard Fournette thing over his Instagram post is absolutely killing me. Like I think yeah. Leonard Fournette's going to leave in free agency, but he posted like, haven't had a chance to reflect yeah. about the season. Thank you to people. Oh, 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 stop, stop right there. Stop, stop. <laughs> Repeat the first half of that sentence again. He just said, I haven't had a chance to reflect about last season. <laughs> he just, just okay. He just made a post about it. And then people right. are like, oh man, he's done. He's leaving. <laughs> he's reflecting. He, yeah. He's telling you what he's doing. He's in deep thought. Yeah. I just, Right. I don't, I just thought he was looking back in appreciation for the last season because he right. hasn't been on social that much. Like, that's that yeah. was all I got from it. I mean, I do think he's going to end up leaving, but I don't know. That right. I agree too. Yeah. Know that right now. So, anyway, it's just funny, but yeah. good stuff. Uh, tomorrow on the pod, we'll be talking about my Bucks battle plan. And we might even mm. be talking a little bit about JC's Bucks battle plan because he is absolutely being a complete pest about trying to get his battle plan up. So, we might even get him in here to talk about his battle Wait, plan. When was JC I, supposed to have his, his, uh, his battle plan done? Well, it was supposed Tuesday, to be Tuesday, right? so he had okay. a great opportunity to get out in front of everything. But then when I right. said, JC, you get to go Tuesday, he said, oh, my God, I can't do it on Tuesday. It's too right. much. Well, what's today? Today's today Wednesday. Is third, today's Wednesday, and tomorrow didn't will be even Thursday. Have it done today, right? No. So, I mean, right. I think he says it's done now, but we'll have to lie. We look at it, and we know there's gonna be, it's going to be full of holes. You know, he's going to – Oh, yeah. It's, cap hit's yeah. going to – you know, the cap's going to – the cap isn't 280 million, JC. You can't <laughs> sign everybody. <laughs> JC yeah. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore trying to get the whole Patriots old secondary back up yeah. in Tampa Bay. I, oh, yeah. He's going to have, have Bronk back. He's he's going to call Logan Mankins out of retirement, right? Malloy back time. He's going to get Teddy Bruschi out of, out of the ESPN booth. Richard ben Jarvis Green is Ellis to is going to be the third down back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Great poll. Great poll. Great stuff. JC's in the chat, so he's just taking it yep. on the chin right now. It's like, what a champ. Uh, I love it. Uh, this is good stuff. Uh, tomorrow we'll talk more about it and maybe there'll be Chris Godwin news question mark. We'll see. Um, so yeah, we got a lot about to break down tomorrow, 4 PM Eastern. Don't make sure you don't miss that one. And then obviously next week we got a full slate of free agency shows lined up for y'all too. Yes. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The times for next week may alter just so we can make sure we have a, a good meat of the news to talk about each day. Maybe kind of as the day winds down, it might be 
later shows we'll see we'll talk about uh, some of those there might be some emergency podcasts coming right if if some there major news happens yeah there, you never know possible for sure next week's gonna be a wild one so make sure you're tuned in with us obviously subscribe to the peter report youtube tv channel hit you the like button notifications on the video. too right john you can get notifications yeah. if you subscribe oh, yeah. so so that, yep, that's, the, that's the best thing to do is right. subscribe to peter report tv on youtube and then hit the like button, but also hit the notifications button. So if we do some of those emergency podcasts or we have some different times, you'll know exactly when we're going to be on. Right. Yep. Lots to talk about next week. Probably no team with more to talk about next week than the Bucks. So we'll have you covered every step of the way. So looking forward to it again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you all. We'll catch you again next time on another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. Out. This is March. <laughs>